Urban legends, the stories of terror that enable us to use our imagination to add ever more horrifying details with each retelling, have been with us forever. And while the internet has made them easier to disseminate, we have been spooking each other for centuries. Psychologists believe that we share these terrifying tales for two reasons. Our love for anything morbid and our love of gossip. And when you combine these two factors... It makes for an irresistible mix. Well, hello, my fellow weirdos. It's Dom, and welcome to episode four of Horror House. If you've been here since episode one, I really hope that you're enjoying the podcast and you're enjoying the episodes that I put out for Horror House. And if you're new, howdy. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. Welcome to this weird family that we got going on. And I hope you decide that you want to stick around. So what are we talking about this week? Well, this week is a little bit different. We all love a spooky story. We all love a terrifying tale. And we all love an urban legend. And this episode is going to dive into some urban legends with a bit of a twist. These urban legends turn out to have a basis in truth. So, with that out the way, let's get started on some urban legends, shall we? You find yourself alone, in the dark, on a residential road. You hear footsteps getting closer and closer. And then you see it, a man with a disfigured face, wanting absolutely no part of that. You run, and after a change of underwear you spread the story of a man without a face throughout Pennsylvania. However, the man without a face isn't just a legend. The man without a face isn't just a story. The man without a face was a real person, and he was a man named Raymond Robinson. Known as the Green Man and Charlie No-Face, the legend states that he glows green due to being struck by lightning or being involved in an industrial accident of some sort. He also haunts South Park, the North Hills, or the country lanes surrounding Washington, Pennsylvania. Marie Werner, who grew up in Pennsylvania in the 1960s, stated that the legend goes that he roams that hollow late at night and chases the parkers and the loafers. Though the part of him deliberately chasing and scaring people is an element that has been fabricated. The legend, however, is quite accurate. In 1919, when Raymond was eight years old, he was reaching for a bird's nest at the top of an electrical pole. You can probably guess where this is going. Hit with 11,000 volts of electricity, yes, 11,000, Robinson was sent hurtling to the ground in a flash of light. However, those 11 volts did not kill him, which is mind-blowing. He got hit with 11,000 volts of electricity, and he did not die. And that is pretty damn astonishing. However, the high voltage obviously did do a pretty significant amount of damage, and he suffered... um, burns to his face and his arms 
and he was left with holes where both of his eyes and his nose used to be. Despite this, reports at the, sti- at the time stated that he was in good spirits. Surprising, really, considering what happened, and that he could still hear and speak, which is even more surprising, considering what happened. For the next 65 years, he would sequester himself in the family home, making wallets and belts and doormats and selling them to make a small income. Only leaving his house at night for walks to avoid scaring people with his appearance, this potentially started to develop the legend of the Green Man when people would spot him walking along along State Route 351. It's likely that the Green Man moniker was due to how car lights would reflect off of his flannels when they came across him at night. And though some people were cruel or just downright terrified of the man, I mean, I would be, I'd, I would crap my pants um, if, I came across, if I came across him at night. Some people also befriended Raymond and would bring him beers and cigarettes on his nightly walks. And while his intentions were honourable, crossing paths with Robinson in the dead of night inevitably led to stories being spread about a boogeyman haunting the town. Little is known about Robinson's life other than he lived a, perhaps unsurprisingly, solitary existence. Raymond died of natural causes in 1985 at the age of 74. And though he may be gone... The legend of the green man still lives on. Before we get to another urban legend, I want to take some time to talk to you about Buzzsprout. So if you're a podcast fan like me, you may have considered starting your own podcast. However, knowing how to get started can be quite overwhelming. And that's where Buzzsprout comes in. Buzzsprout is the easiest and the best way to launch a professional podcast. The team at Buzzsprout is passionate about seeing you succeed and that's why they've helped over 100,000 podcasters get their message out to the world. Not only will you get a great looking podcast website, audio players that can be dropped into other websites, detailed analytics and even more than that, Buzzsprout will also get your show listed on all major podcasting platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. So to start your own podcast, follow the link in the show notes. This will let Buzzsprout know that I sent you. It will also get you a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up to a paid plan and you'll be helping support me with my show. So this next urban legend originated in Staten Island and for years kids living in and around Staten Island would raise the goosebumps of their friends by retelling the tale of Cropsey a boogeyman who dwelled in the woods and made a habit of disemboweling children. Parents, it would be safe to assume, squashed their little one's fears by reassuring them that the Cropsey legend was nothing more than just a legend. But they were wrong. There was a person behind that legend, and that person was named Andre Rand. Born in 1944 as Frank Ruschen, Rand is potentially the most notorious criminal to ever dwell in Staten Island. This designation is largely due to the nature of his crimes, with innocent children 
unfortunately being his victims of choice. Rand's dark and, in a way, perversely engrossing life began as a real-world bedtime story, with kids in Staten Island regaled with macabre stories of a boogeyman-esque figure who had a hook for a hand. The shape would drag unsuspecting children away from the safety of their homes and take them to an abandoned hospital. This villainous entity became known as Cropsy, an urban legend that Andre Rand would come to embody as he would commit similar acts as he would terrorise the Staten Island community. Even though eerie bedtime stories are a standard part of most of our childhoods, these spooky little tales began to become all too real. Fact and fiction began to fold in on themselves as local children began to disappear and bodies started to pile up. Rand worked as a custodian at Wellowbrook State School, an institution for children with disabilities in the 1960s. Operational and running smoothly, that changed when officials observed questionable conditions and unorthodox medical practices. When it closed, Rand needed to find a new job, but instead he focused on an entirely different career path. And between the school's closing and the early 1970s, several young girls were starting to go missing. The first of these was a five-year-old girl named Alice Perea. (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh, God, I have absolutely murdered that. Um, who seemed to who, who seemed to have vanished off the face of the earth while playing in her neighbourhood, which was not too far from the former Willowbrook State School. On July the 5th, 1981, seven-year-old Holly Ann Hughes went missing. Several witnesses reported seeing her with Rand shortly before her disappearance. However, due to a lack of evidence, no arrest was made at the time. Two years later, Rand became the prime suspect when 11-year-old Tearhees Jackson went missing. Then in 1984, 21-year-old Hank Gaforio also vanished. Quite understandably, this left a town in a state of terror. Three years later, the police were able to catch a break. Jennifer Schweiger, a 12-year-old girl, was reported missing. According to the New York Times... Her body was found in a shallow grave on the site of the former Willowbrook State School. When her body was found, Rand was charged with her murder in addition to kidnapping. While the jury were not able to come to a verdict on the murder charge, they did convict him of the kidnapping. Although there wasn't enough evidence at the time, Rand was also found guilty of Hughes' kidnapping over two decades after she went missing. Since New York doesn't have a statute of limitations, Rand was able to be charged and convicted of the crime. He was given an additional 25 years to life on top of what he was already serving, and the Staten Island boogeyman sits behind bars to this day. Rand will be eligible for parole in 2037 and providing that he he lives that long he will be a young sprightly 93 years of age so we've all heard the tale of the monster under the bed this one 
is not a monster under the bed, but it's something that is quite possibly far worse than a monster under the bed. Vacationing couples, newlyweds, Disneyland guests, they have all been subjected to an urban legend that consists of hotel occupants falling into a blissful sleep, only to wake up with one hell of a smell coming from underneath the bed or inside the mattress. Closer inspection reveals the source. A dead body has been stashed away. Presumably this wasn't anyone who had kicked the bucket due to natural causes. Kicking the bucket being a British slang term to describe death for anyone unfamiliar. This travelling tale has been confirmed multiple times over. At least a dozen newspaper articles have described hotel rooms that have doubled up as sites to dispose of bodies. And dead bodies likely get stashed in the mattress or under the bed far more often than we are comfortable knowing. While the smell is usually apparent enough to stir guests from their slumber, one couple in Mexico City in 1999 were unfortunate, to, were unfortunate enough to be sharing their room with a corpse, which was chilling under their bed for a whole goddamn week. Cases in, in Colorado, in Florida, I know, shocker, Florida, and Virginia have also been reported. On March 15th, 2010, homicide detectives were called to a room in a budget inn motel in Memphis, Tennessee, and discovered the body of Sonny Milbrook, who had been missing for 47 days in the bed frame of a bed in the room, which, I'll, I'll be honest, for me, personally, that would bring down the TripAdvisor review just a few notches. You know, it would take it from a four to a three. If the food is good at a motel, that might that might give them a few points. Milbrook had been living there at the time, and the room had reportedly been cleaned and rented several times since her disappearance. So, oh, oh no! Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Oh, those 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 poor fucking hotel guests. Good grief! Even though the legend of the monster under the bed may be just a spooky a spooky tale. It may not be a monster after all, though considering the alternative, dead body or a monster, I I think I'd go with a monster. You know, strike up a friendship with him, talk about life, you know, get get into some proper deep conversations. And that is episode four, Urban Legends with a Little Twist. I hope that that you all enjoyed hearing some urban legends that you may not have heard before. As someone who loves a spooky tale, or because I'm a bit weird, anything morbid, reading up on these was super interesting. Massive love to Mike from the Crime and Coffee podcast for the five-star review for last week's episode. It was my first review, and to get such a mega review was pretty fucking amazing. So check out Crime and Coffee on Instagram, at Crime and Coffee 2 and give them a follow, and give them a listen. They put out some amazing content, and if you love true crime, and you love coffee, then, I mean, it's a no-brainer, really. Also, big love to a dear friend of mine for the shout-out on his Twitch stream. If you head on over to his Twitch profile, Frizzle Fizzle, and subscribe, and also follow his Instagram at Frizzle Fizzle TV, and give him a follow, 
it will help him out massively. He's a small streamer and supporting his streams and subbing and giving him some love will help him out more than you could ever know. So big thank you to Reese. I fucking love you, man. That shout out was amazing. Give him a sub, give him a follow and watch him be very, very, very bad on his Twitch streams. I'm joking. He, he's, he's all right. He's all right. He's all right. As always, if you enjoy what I do at Horror House, you can support me by following the podcast on Instagram at HH True Crime and the Macabre, on Facebook at Horror House Pod, and on Twitter at HH True Crime Pod. You can find Horror House wherever you listen to podcasts Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Amazon Music, etc., etc. And if your app allows, please rate and review. So, on that note, all that's left to say is until next time, stay spooky.